church. Take your seats. You guys can sit, relax. It's going to be a good night. I am excited and thank you. I know you guys didn't have much of a choice in this, but thank you for letting me come and actually share with you guys tonight. I am, um, I feel like I've got a word on my heart and I know Pastor Shannon does as well. So um, it's going to be great. And I don't know about you, but I've been loving this theme that we've been in as a church, which is pursuit, because I think there's nothing better and it's so beautiful for us as a church to start off the year chatting about pursuing the best thing that we can pursue, which is Jesus. And um, we've had some amazing, incredible preachers and pastors share with us, which I'm so grateful for. But as Pastor Chris said, you are getting a double dose tonight. So I'm going to kick us off with my beautiful friend, Pastor Shannon Hodgman will come up in just a moment time. So with Shannon and I, we felt led to speak to you all tonight around the theme and the thought of faithful followers. And so that's our title tonight together, Faithful Followers. And I'm going to be kicking us off in way back, or I guess at the very beginning in Genesis. If anyone else has been doing the Bible in a month or Bible in a year, you would have started all the way back in the Old Testament, which um, isn't normally the popular place to go, but I've been loving it, been learning so much in there. So I wanted to look at the life of a faithful follower. And I pray that um, through this man's life, we'll be looking at Noah. I pray that through his life, we, I guess, will gain and learn and be challenged at what it looks like to be a faithful follower and how we can remain in our faith with and walk with God. And so just to set the scene and give you a little bit of context of where Noah's at and what's happening in his world at the moment is pretty much all the people have turned away from God. It says that at their time, their hearts were led to do evil all the time. And so that's pretty bad. And God's heart broke for His people. And so He decided to wipe out the earth. Starting on a real good high tonight, guys. But I promise you it gets better and there's good news. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, you can turn with me to Genesis 6, 8. And we kick off where it says, But Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people, and he walked faithfully with God. This next part, I'm going to give you my little 30-second recap just for time's sake. But pretty much God pulls Noah inside and has a convo with him and says, Hey, Noah, build a boat, build yourself an ark, make it this high, this wide, this long, out of this type of wood, have a gap between the roof and the balcony. And he's so specific. And he says, gather two pairs of animals of every kind. I'm going to send a flood to wipe out the earth, but you and your family will be on that boat. And what happens next, we pick back up in Genesis 7, 5. And it says, So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth. He went on board the boat to escape the flood, he and his wife and his sons and their wives. With them were all various kinds of animals, those approved for eating for sacrifice and those that were not, along with all the birds and the small animals that scurry along the ground. They entered the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God had commanded Noah. After seven days, the waters came and covered the earth. Noah was a faithful follower. And because you're going to be hearing this word faithful a lot tonight, I thought, you know, may as well refresh our brains. And um, I'm sure we all know what faithful means, but let me remind you. 
Faithful means remaining loyal and steadfast, or in other words, devoted, unswerving, dedicated. And we know this was true for Noah's life because it says he was 600 years old when the flood came. 600 years old. Some of us can't even remain dedicated to the Lord for 5, 10, 15 years of our life. And so what was his secrets? You know, what did he do that allowed him to walk faithfully and remain as a faithful follower with God? Well, there's three key things that I see and that we can see in Noah's life that reflects the life of a faithful follower. And these things are honestly pretty simple and I haven't flashed them up or given them crazy fancy titles, mainly because I'm not good at that. It's not my talent, that's Caleb's talent, but um, also because I guess I wanted us to really catch the simplicity of these things. You know, we've never been called to jump through hoops of fire to be a follower of God. Our call above all else is to love God. And from that comes a life that brings glory to God. And so the first thing that he did, these aren't up on the screen, so if you want to note it down for your own visual help, please do so. But um, number one, he did not follow the crowd. Are you that type of person who, when you're with a group of people, you're easily change your opinion on something to match what everyone else thinks? I've been there before. Or, you know, like when you're gathering and you're watching a movie with everyone and you're loving the movie, it's the best thing ever. But as soon as it finishes, you turn off the TV, everyone's, you know, talking about what a waste of time it was, how terrible it was. And all of a sudden to you, it's the worst movie ever, right? I'm never going to watch that again. I'm definitely not going home to watch it again by myself. You know, it's terrible. Or, you know, maybe at church you kind of wait for everyone else to put their hand up in an altar call moment because how embarrassing to be the only one who's actually sold out for God. You know, but Noah wasn't like that. Not for the important things anyway, not for his devotion to the Lord. And I'm so grateful that Noah stayed devoted to the Lord. You know, being a faithful follower to God definitely wasn't the thing to do at that time. In fact, it says Noah was the only one who was actually walking with God. And I'm sure he had people tell him he was crazy. I'm sure he was mocked. I'm sure there were people being like, what the heck are you doing, Noah? Especially looking at the climate of where they were living. There was no chance that there was gonna be a flood coming. But Noah didn't care. He remained walking with the Lord and, you know, he had his head down and I'm glad that he didn't just pick up his hammer or drop his hammer and go, you know what? You're right. This is crazy. I'm just going to stick and, you know, do whatever's easier to fit in with the crowd. No, there was only one opinion that he actually cared about and that was the Lord's. And that led him in the direction of where he and who he was following and how he stayed faithful with God. Because there's so many different opinions out in the world today. We know that. There's so many different opinions and groups and it's so easy to care and get swept up in the opinions of people or to be fearful of being judged of what men and what people think. But there has to be a time when we decide whose opinion we're going to listen to. We have to decide, you know, do we decide to listen to the world who tells us we're crazy, God's not real, what are you doing, doing in church? Like, you're so weird, you're crazy. Or do we actually listen to God who tells us that we're loved and we're chosen and that we have a plan and that He wants to use us for amazing things? 
It's too big of a decision for someone else to decide it for you. You need to decide whose opinion you're actually listening to and whose opinion you're letting guide you. Even believers, unfortunately, as believers, it's so easy to be swept up with the crowd. And um, even, you know, maybe you're coming to church tonight just because it's with your friends and it's a place to be and it's what the culture says in your world, which is amazing. Don't stop coming. But do you know Jesus? Do you know the God that you're following and who you're here to praise and who you're singing these songs to? Don't be a faithful follower of the world. Be a faithful follower of God. Dive into the Word, spend time with Him. Let Him reveal Himself to you in beautiful and wonderful ways. Would we be faithful followers of God, church, regardless of culture and opinions? Would you stand firm in your faith? The second thing that he does is he walks with God. And we read that back at the last verse in chapter, in verse nine, it says, and he walked faithfully with God. And in the big scheme of things, it's actually such a small part that if you um, breeze past it, you'll miss it. But it's so important. And it says in other translations, in the King James Version, it says, and Noah walked with God. And in the Message Version, it says, Noah walked with God. And in pretty much every other translation, it says, Noah walked with God. That's it. Walk with God. It's so simple. There's no way to pretty it up or make it sound fancy. Walk with God. And walking is such a simple thing. It's one of the first things we do when you're growing up. And even now you walk without even thinking about it, taking steps. I mean, I'm thinking about it now, but when you're walking out, you won't even think about each step that you're taking. But the thing is with walking, it's still a doing word. It still takes action and it still takes pursuit. And walking with God means living a life in fellowship with Him. And this is the heart of God, that we would be close to Him, that we would walk with Him, that we would do life with Him. And um, I love that it describes us as walking with God because it's not like we're following a God who's sitting up on His high throne saying, follow me, but stay at a 1.5 distance measure, you know? Instead, it says we walk with God. He comes, the creator of the heavens and earth is so loving and so kind that He would come down, meet us where we're at and walk on these dusty old roads with us. And if you know me, you know I love walking. It's like my hobby. And um, I love, I'm happy to walk by myself, but I love walking with people, right? And I walk with a bunch of different people, um, but there's always one person who, I really wanna walk with, but they will never walk with me. And that's my husband, Caleb. (laughs) To him, he can think of nothing worse than to go on a beautiful, nice walk by the water with his wife. It's just terrible. But, and I try to convince him and I'll try to make it sound amazing. You know, we can chat, we can catch up, we can get coffee. It just doesn't sell it to him. And I won't lie, he has come a couple of times, normally if it's on an anniversary or birthday, sometime when he can't get out of it, I'll really, you know, milk that. But um, even when he does walk with me, he'll generally jog next to me while I'm walking, probably because I just walk so fast and I have long legs, but um, it, it kind of works out okay. So if you hate walking and you want to picture yourself as jogging with God, then that's fine. 
But the thing I love is that we don't have to beg for God to walk with us. It's on His heart that we would be close to Him. The second we wake up in the morning, the second we turn for us, He's got His walking shoes on saying, would you do your day with me? Would you walk with me? Would you be in fellowship with me? Would you have conversations and enjoy His presence with Him, church? And it doesn't have to be rigid. It doesn't have to be at set times. It's, it's fellowship. So it's doing it daily during the good times and the bad times. And um, being close and walking with the Lord is such an important part of us living our journey of um, walking faithfully with God. The third thing that he does is he, is Noah obeyed God. In verse seven, five, it said, so Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. And it didn't say that he chatted back or questioned or needed proof of the weather report. But I love that he obeyed God. And I believe that he obeyed God so quickly is because he knew the character of God and he knew that God was good and faithful. And so it's so much easier to obey when we know who's asking us to do it, you know? And so... As followers of Christ, we too can know the character of God and obey God. Do you know the character of God, church? Do you believe and trust everything in His Word is good and for your good and true? Because we may not always know where we're being led, but you know what? We can know who is leading us. And that is good news. That brings peace and it brings freedom. And although sometimes starting and walking out the life of obedience is the easy part. The hardest part can sometimes actually be following it through and walking it out. You know, we know that Noah actually, it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. It didn't happen in a minute, you know, and I bet after 50 years, it probably would have gotten pretty hard knowing that there weren't any even clouds forming in the sky. But what he did is he trusted and he set his obedience on the Word of God, what God has said. And he held and he hung on to that. And maybe tonight, you know, you might be losing sight of something that um, the Lord's been calling you to. You might be finding it even hard to obey what's in His Word. But would you trust that the words of God always come to pass? As we hear in this story, would you trust that His words bring life? They lead to life and they lead to freedom and His words always stand true. So Noah built the boat, the flood came. When the floods had all dried up, Noah got out of the boat when the Lord told him to. And we're gonna pick up in the last chunk of Scripture here in Genesis 9, 12 to 15. And God said, this is a sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you. A covenant, a covenant for all the generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over this earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will waters become a flood to destroy all life. Thank you, Lord. That's good news. And God's promise to Abraham was that he would never bring a flood again. But what is amazing is that Nab um, Noah, sorry, I said Abraham. That was written on my notes. 
Whoops. Noah, his faithfulness to God led to a promise. And not only that blessed him, but is something that we're living in now. Me and you right now, we're living in that promise that God made with Noah. It was a covenant for all generations to come. And what I love is that your walk with God, when we walk faithfully with God, not only does it lead to a promise and a blessing of favour for us, but it also leads to a blessing of favour for our generations to come. And it might not happen in our lifetime, you know, we're not living till 600 years these days, but I don't care if I see the blessing or not. I want it for my kids. I want it for my kids' kids. I want it for the generations to come after me. So I wanna walk faithfully with God for all of my days for the sake of the generations to come after. And would you too know that your walk with God, when you walk faithfully with God, you're doing it for the sake of those around you. You're doing it for the sake of your friends, your family, for the generations to come after you. So church, would you walk faithfully with God, would you not lose your faith and hope in Him? Would you remain in Him? Well, that is my time up. I'm pretty proud. It was only 45 seconds taken off your time, Shan. So thank you, welcome. Um, but guys, would you keep leaning in? I am so excited. We all know and love Pastor Shannon, but she really is an incredible mother, friend, follower, leader, pastor. And um, I trust and know that she has a word from God. And so would you stretch out your feet and stand up and give her a clap and welcome her? Thanks, Shan. Amazing. Can we thank Pastor April? That was phenomenal. Incredible. So good. You guys can take your seats. Part two of Faithful Followers. And, um, you know, when we think of this word pursuit or pursuit, if you've got a bit of a lisp, um, but this, this theme of pursuit, I know for so many of us, we think of different words. And so, you know, the Bible defines it as a bunch of different things to seek, to chase, um, to pursue, to follow. And so for us this tonight, we're chatting about pursuit around this thing of following. And I don't know what a lot of the personality types are in, in this room. I know some of you um, probably are into like the whole Enneagram thing. Some of you are into the Myers-Briggs kind of thing. Some of you are sitting there going, you're part of your personality is probably to go, don't box me into a personality type. I don't fit in those. Um, and you know, for so many of us, we have this different creation and innate ability in us that when we think about pursuit, it means different things to all of us. You might be like me, a little bit of a type one um, with a wing nine, but you might be like me, a bit of a type one, a bit of a perfectionist likes to do things the right, right way. And so maybe for you coming into a year like this, you're wanting to do things the right, right way because it hasn't been right for like three years. Or maybe you're someone who's others oriented and this year is just about helping as many people as you can. Or, you know, maybe you swing in towards the more emotional types and your year this year is about self-care or being self-aware this year. Or maybe you're just totally also like me, a bit of a wing nine where you're a complete phlegmatic and you're also on like your sixth year of this is my year of rest. I don't know what your year looks like and what your pursuit is this year, but as April so beautifully encapsulated that as for us as Christians, our pursuit is actually to be faithful followers. And so, you know, often in this world, we look at this concept where being a faithful follower means a bunch of different things, being um, following fruit, following different things, following accolades, following wealth, whatever that is. But tonight, what I love is that regardless of our personality types, regardless 
of your career, regardless of the environment that God has placed you in, we as Christians have one pursuit and that pursuit is simply Jesus. That pursuit is simply Jesus. And I just wanna boil it down in the time we've got tonight into one simple thing. And that pursuit is Jesus. In John 15, verse four to eight, if you've got your Bibles, it says, remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. That's you and me we're talking about. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. This is Jesus talking, nothing without him. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. And for all the Bible college kids in the room, I looked into the original Greek just for you. And um, the original Greek in this Scripture and this passage is actually this word, this word branch translate to um, kalima. And so this actually means a vine branch. So the Greek and the English literally just means branch. And so the usage of this word is um, a branch, a shoot or a twig. And as I was looking into the original Greek and looking at the words in the Bible, the, the word in, remain in me, actually also translates to remain on me. And this changes a lot in the Scripture for us because I know for so many of us, you might have grown up in church just like me. You might be sitting here and you're going, I've never even thought about Christianity, but someone dragged me into this place tonight. Whatever your concept is of Christ. You know, you might have been thinking this, but the Bible has said to us and Jesus has called us to remain on Him as well and remain in Him. And so when we dive deeper into the Greek, it actually says that remain on me. And the reality is, is that our job as Christians is not to be fruitful followers, but to be faithful followers. Our job as Christians, our job as followers of Jesus is to be the branch and Jesus is the vine. Branches do not produce fruit, they actually can't, but the vine is the only one who can. And so this means that our Jesus, literally the only one who can produce fruit around us in our job as the branch is to remain to remain, to have faith to remain, to stand firm. And He wraps Himself around us and His vine wraps Himself around us. And that is how we produce fruit. And I think we've gotten our role as Christians confused because we think it's our job to produce fruit. Like we probably, a lot of you here might be in positions or um, leadership. You might be a life group leader. You might be doing a bunch of things to serve the church. And people might've said about you, oh, they've got really good fruit around their lives. You've got great fruit around their lives. You might be looking to expand you know, your business and you're looking around this room going, oh, that person's got good fruit around their lives. But I wanna challenge us today is that looking at this Scripture, the fruit has nothing to do with us. The fruit actually has nothing to do with what you and I can produce. And so I love this because it's never been our job to be the fruit producers. It's actually always been our job to be the branch, just to be the branch. When it's never been our job to breathe a branch, it connects us and allows us to remain in Jesus. And that is when the vine can produce fruit. Producing fruit is actually the wrong pursuit. 
When we pursue fruit, talking about things like perfection, I get it, I'm a little bit bent that way. Excellence, those kinds of things. When we produce those things in our lives, it actually can allow us to produce fruit that looks a little bit like control. Or maybe we're here and we're looking to pursue fruit like personal gain in our lives, but actually that allows us to produce the fruits of manipulation. Maybe we're here and we're pursuing fruit like wealth and and building up our own wealth portfolios and all those kinds of things with a bit of selfish gain. Or maybe we're looking for approval, but really the fruit that produces is self-glorification. When we're pursuing the fruit of security, all that produces in us is striving and desperation. I know for us here, for so many of us, that regardless of what your circumstance looks like this year, our pursuit must simply to remain in Him. Our job is to remain. The proof of your pursuit won't be in your fruit, but in your faith to remain. And I wanna challenge us tonight, church. Do you have faith to remain? Because sometimes it actually takes a little bit more faith to stand firm rather than to move about where the fruit is. It actually takes a little bit more faith. I wanna show you this um, picture here tonight that I just completely ripped from a uh, winemaking website. Um, And so I wanna show you this picture. And so this picture is literally the illustration of what this scripture is talking about. And so faithful followers, we have this, this responsibility to actually just be the shoots or the canes or the branches. So on this side, we can see the branches here. And that's simply all that we are. We're just a bunch of twigs, we're just branches. We are nothing without our Jesus. And as the Greek word describes in this passage, actually so does this this picture. Remember this Greek word says we are just the branches. And so we can simply do nothing without Jesus. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. Tonight, have you found yourself separate from God? Have you found yourself in a place trying to be a branch that produces your own fruit? Have you found yourself in a place that makes you wither away from His presence? Or do you find yourself ready, remaining, willing and able, standing steadfast in His Word so that we can be covered by this canopy of grace? And this canopy of grace here is when we look at what the difference is in these pictures, is that the vine has found itself around these branches that have remained. When we remain in Him, we become covered by His grace. When we remain in Him, He is faithful to us. When we remain in Him, His promises become this canopy of fruit, of grace, of abundance in our lives. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 13, it says, Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. Faithful followers, we pursue the vine moving in us and on us. You know, our job as Christians, our our pursuit in this life is simply to remain in Him. And He is the vine who wraps Himself, envelops us with His love, with His grace, with His promise, so that we can produce the fruit that the world would look on and see this canopy of grace and say, why is your life so amazing? I know what you're going through and I know you couldn't have gotten there on your own. I know what she does and she's not that good. I know what's going on in your life and how, how? How can you be in this place of faithfulness to God? Because His canopy of grace wraps itself around us. 
When your circumstances run away, remain close to Jesus. When your circumstance wants to make you uproot and shift, remain in His promise. When you feel like you can't trust anymore, remain in His faithfulness to you. When your world says chaos, remain in His Word. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And we have been given spiritual authority from heaven to stand firm on His Word. When you wanna run ahead of God's plan, remember that there is a time and occasion for everything under heaven. And when you wanna quit, know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. Our God will not separate Himself from us. Our God will not separate Himself from us. Our job is simply to remain remain, whatever your year looks like, whatever we're about to face as a church, as a family, as individuals in this house, would you just remain this year? Would you remain in His Word? Would you remain steadfast in His presence? Acts 17 verse 28 says this, for in Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we live and move and have our being. When your pursuit is to remain in Him, follow Him, follow Him. Let Him move in you and through you and on you. And so my question for us tonight is, where do you find yourself positioned this year? Coming into 2022, I know we joked with some of our friends earlier this week that it's only been a couple weeks and it feels like it's been massive already. It feels like it's been a year and two weeks, but where do you find yourself positioned? Do you find yourself positioned chasing after the fruits of this earth, chasing after the wealth, chasing after the things that this world tries to offer you, flitting from thing to thing? Or do you find yourself separate from God here tonight? Maybe you've walked in for the very first time and you're going, I don't even know what it takes to know Him, but I just wanna know that all I have to do is remain in Him. Or maybe you're here and you're a Christian and you love Jesus with your whole life, but you've come into 2022 with goals and plans and strategies and all these things, but you've forgotten just to remain in Him, to stand firm in what He promised you and allow Him to grow around your life. I don't know where you find yourself positioned. I don't know what this year looks like, but I wanna encourage us tonight Where do you find yourself? Where do you find yourself positioned? And all across this place, I'd love for you just to close your eyes and bow your heads. And I wanna give you an opportunity tonight to give your life to Jesus. So many of us in this room have found ourselves in a similar position to you, wanting to know the truth, wanting to find the truth, wanting to find a reason to live, wanting to find purpose, destiny, but all these things we found just by remaining in Him. And so tonight, all across this place, if you wanna give your life to Jesus tonight and say, you know what, God, I surrender my life to You. I'd love across this place, you just, on the count of three, just to raise your hand. Tonight, you wanna give your life to Jesus. One, two, three.